The body should build up itself, should edify itself. It should be done in love. It should be done with concern and compassion. And yes, there's a time to admonish people. That's a necessary thing. But it doesn't mean that I go air their dirty laundry over just because, over the uh, airways, over media, just because I have a problem with one little petty thing they preach, or maybe 10 or 12 petty things. Hello everybody, so glad to see you today. This is Pastor Dan Boone with Church of Tomorrow in Oklahoma City, U.S. of A. So glad to see you today. I thank you for joining us and I hope you'll get something out of this. I'm, uh, I'm a little ticked today, so I'm going to just be real honest with you and I'm going to talk about what uh, I want to talk about. And uh, if you have a comment to make, uh, we welcome those comments. We'll even try to answer them. Uh, we want to make sure that we're coming from a perspective that is relative to what you're seeing today. So I'm going to be talking mostly to Christians today, if that's okay. And what I want to do is ask people, why are they hitting Jesus? You know, that's what Jesus said to Paul in the book of Acts right before his conversion. Why are you persecuting me, Saul? And Saul was, you know, about doing good works and he was out there killing Christians and throwing them in jail and all kinds of stuff because he thought he was doing work for God. And of course, he was doing the exact opposite. He was not working with God. He was working against God. And I think we've got some people in the body of Christ today that I just want to kind of, I'm going to call you out, not by name like you do everybody else, but these people that establish a ministry of call out. Uh, I've read the Bible and I can't find that ministry anywhere in the Bible. Now, yes, we are supposed to admonish or rebuke people. And if there's a way, the Bible actually tells us how to do that. And it doesn't say get on the housetops and shout their name out and say what they said last week was almost blasphemous, but it wasn't. It wasn't really blasphemous, but it was just close to it. Or it could sound like that, or it might be that. The Bible says the ministry that all of us, everybody, regardless if you're an official person in the church, a clergy, which that's not in the Bible either, is it? <laughs> uh, but if you're a five-fold minister and you're apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher, if you're any of those, or you're just somebody sitting down there wanting to hear a good sermon and be encouraged and to, to be admonished yourself, because the Word of God will do that. That's where the power is. It's in the Word of God. And so anyway, to the point is, when I say something about somebody and name them, it needs to be somebody who's diametrically opposed to Jesus. It needs to be someone who is against the body of Christ. It needs to be someone who is doing real harm to the body of Christ. Uh, like, for instance, I would call out a Muslim or a Hindu or a Buddhist because that is antithetical to the, the Bible and Jesus Christ. But I would do it in a caring way. I wouldn't call them an idiot. I wouldn't call them a, you know, ignorant, even though that word would be applicable. I, I would, that doesn't do any good. I'm not going to try to win anybody that way. Paul didn't use that method at all. You know, he encouraged us to, to be all things to all people. So I want to win them over with uh, honey. <laughs> I want to, you know, get some flies with honey, not, 
not Tabasco sauce. So, point being, God has given us a ministry of reconciliation. And I just want to read a scripture passage right here, one of my favorite books, Ephesians, chapter 4, starting with verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. That word in the Greek, gift, is doma, D-O-M-A. It's very seldomly used in the New Testament. Most of the time you see gift, it's charis or another dore or another, uh, another Greek word. But according to the measure of Christ's gift, therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. So he's, these are the gifts that he's talking about that when he ascended on high. Verse 9 says, Now this he ascended. What does it mean? But that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. If you're not getting input from the five-fold ministry, you're not eating a balanced diet. Now, you can be in a, in a church and have a great pastor and teacher or whatever, maybe even an evangelist, but you should have people coming through there. You should have a, an opportunity for you to just take the initiative and read some of the other books that other people have written. Uh, to support what you hear from the pulpit or to be able to cause questions that you can ask your pastor. Hey, what about this? What about that? So the, the point being that you need the five-fold ministry because it says a little bit further on down here, verse 10, uh, excuse me, uh, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That is extremely important. The fivefold ministry is alive and well. Some people say there's not anything such as apostles or prophets anymore. Well, we're in trouble because we'll never get to, to the unity of the faith. The problem is those guys who say that, most of them, in fact, a lot of the people that have the ministry of call-out are the ones that will tell you apostles and pastors, they no, no longer live. Jesus doesn't need them anymore. He, he, he didn't mean that when he wrote that in Ephesians 4. So again, verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith, oneness and faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, Jesus, to a perfect man, that's talking about the body of Christ, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we should always be continually striving and obtaining that relationship with Jesus Christ so we look more like Him. Isn't it amazing how uh, you, you start looking like people you're, you're around? Maybe uh, not in the face, but the clothes you wear, the cars you drive, or the books you read. Okay. Verse 14, that we should no longer be children. Oh, rebuke time tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love. May grow up, grow up, grow up. It's in the Bible once. I'm using three, three times for emphasis. Up in all things unto Him who is the head, Christ. 
from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. The body should build up itself, should edify itself. It should be done in love. It should be done with concern and compassion. And yes, there's a time to admonish people. That's a necessary thing. But it doesn't mean that I go air their dirty laundry over just because, over the uh, airways, over media, just because I have a problem with one little petty thing they preach, and, or maybe 10 or 12 petty things. I don't like the style of that music. Well, maybe I don't like the style of your music. Uh, is it scriptural? Yeah, I agree with you. It needs to be scriptural. That doesn't mean it has to be out of the Bible. It means it needs to be in a flow with the Bible. And for those of you that might think that I'm easy, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not. I believe the Word of God is the Word of God, and I believe we all should look at it, and that includes every person that's listening and every person that I can possibly help adjust their life a little bit. But I want to do it one-on-one, -on -one, or I want to do it because they're hearing my preaching which includes the things that they need to hear and the Holy Spirit's quickening it to them. I stand on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ and His Word and His blood sacrifice. He died on the cross as a payment of my sins and anybody else who wants to believe in Him. He was put in the grave for three days and nights and He was raised from the dead. And He ever lives to make intercession for the saints. That's my Jesus. Some people say, well, you know, that, that guy down in Houston, uh, he just talks about encouragement. Well, is he a Christian? Does he say you must be born again? Yep, yep, yep. Oh, hmm. Then if he is not against you, he is for you. You see, we all have a different flair. We all have different focuses. We all have different giftings, different anointings. We all have studied some things a lot more than others. The world's in trouble today. It's in serious trouble. The United States is in a hell of a lot of trouble. And I say that for emphasis. We have crazy things going on all over the place. People thumb their middle finger at God thinking they're some kind of super being or something. No, that's all wrong. The fact of it is God loves and cares. He sent Jesus to prove that. And now those of us that are here on earth, we have a duty to do that's to reach the people with the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God into salvation for everyone who will believe, first the Jew, then the Gentile. So we're all in the need of a Savior and the Savior's name is Jesus. Only Him. He is the only way, truth, and light. Now, again, is what we're talking about, is it cultural? You know, some people don't feed me. I can listen to their sermons and I don't get, you know, a meal out of it. That's okay. There are a lot of people that do. That man down in Houston has probably got more Muslims coming to his church to listen to something about Jesus Christ and getting a glimpse of the gospel than he does your church or my church or so many other churches around. So why mess with that? Now, do I preach that kind of a message that he does? No, I don't. I really don't. 
We're in the strong discipleship. We're in changed lives. We're on evangelism, but we're even more so on discipleship because we want people to grow in Christ. The Lord wants everyone to become saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. And how are we all going to be able to do that unless we get along? How many times have you heard from somebody that needs Jesus saying, well, you know, the Christians all just act like that and everything like that. So I don't, you know, I don't care about that. They're all mixed up. I had a guy tell me not too long ago, he says, you know, there's 100,000 religions in the world and Christianity has 50,000 of them. Well, there may be different denominations, different flows, different emphasis, but is Christ the Lord of that group? Has there been a born-again experience shared? Is the true gospel of Jesus Christ, has that been presented? And is it continually presented? And is it the only way that we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast? Will we stand up and say no to the wrongdoings that are going on in our country today? Do we have the guts to do it? Well, I'll tell you what I do. And I think the people that are calling others out by name ought to get them a day job. Because you spend all your time, your efforts and research, why don't you get on the streets and evangelize? And I mean evangelize. I'm not talking about just sitting back and picking apart somebody else's uh, whim and what. And Well, I know this guy did this and that guy did that. And I, I watched all these sermons and 12 of them didn't do this and 13 of them didn't do that. And this, this movement, it's, it's of the devil and... My gosh, no wonder people don't want Jesus Christ. That doesn't sound like the Jesus Christ that I know. It doesn't sound like the one I've read about in the Bible. It sounds like, to me, you're kind of uh, doing your own thing like other people are too. So I'm going to be careful what I say, but I'm going to say what I say, and I'm going to say it loudly, and I'm going to say it specifically. If you're in the ministry of call-out, you need a day job. What you need to do is to use your skill, your time, and your efforts to lead people to the Lord and not be in somebody else's business that actually loves Jesus and is leading people to the Lord. And maybe they're not getting the same thing that you would like to see them get. But more than likely, that probably covers about all the churches in America anyway, as far as you're concerned, if you really looked at it. If you're watching this today and you are to hear this and you've been searching for answers in your life you don't know what to do what's going on you've got a vacuum sort of speak inside of you you don't have the love and the joy and the peace and patience you don't have the attributes of things you're depressed you're anxious Maybe you're addicted on drugs or pornography or something else. Jesus Christ is your answer. Church of Tomorrow is a way, an avenue that we can come together and worship Him and learn about Him and have fellowship one with another. But it's not your Lord, your Savior. Jesus is the only one. He is the chief shepherd. Pastors and other members of the fivefold ministry are sheepdogs taking people to Jesus. I plead with you today to search your heart. Where is Jesus in your life? Do you have a relationship 
with the Lord of glory. The one who manifested Himself in the flesh and came to this earth and showed us how to live and was anointed of the Holy Spirit who went about doing all kinds of miracles and healing all the sick. And He paid the price that we could ever pray for our sins on a cross at Calvary. He bled out and His blood spilled over the ground. And that blood was for you and me, our payment for the sins that we could never cover, much less extinguish. He did that for you and me. I needed a Savior. And when Jesus came into my life as my boss, my Lord, my Savior, He changed me. And I've never been the same. And I don't want to be the same as that old guy was. Because that old guy was lost and he was just going around. He looked good. Looked, you know, had money, had family and wife and a good job and everything. But inside, it was, he was decaying. And Jesus reached down from heaven, touched my heart, and I presented my life to Him for all that I am and all that I could be. He gets all the glory and I get all the fun out of knowing Him. I have that love and joy and peace. Is it perfect? No. I make mistakes too. But His blood's taken care of that for me already. I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. But it needs to be meaningful. It needs to be from your heart. It's not a religious prayer. It's a prayer of activation to join the kingdom, the family of God. And because of this prayer, if you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, the Bible will declare you are saved. And you take that step into eternity. The old's gone, behold, all things have become new. That's you today. Pray with me right now. Bow your head and let's go it this way. Dear God in heaven, you say it now, dear God in heaven, I am sorry for my sins. You're sorry for your sins. I need your help, O oh God. I ask you to forgive me. I want to thank you for dying on the cross as the payment for my sins. I want to give you my life. Please take it. Become my Lord, my boss, my Savior, my God. I turn things over to you. I believe that God the Father raised you from the dead. I believe after three days you were, that, that resurrection brought you into the fullness of heaven and to sit at the right hand of God the Father. I thank you for a new life in Jesus Christ. Please lead me, guide me, direct me, teach me, fill me with your Spirit. I need that also. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. We rejoice with you. Would you take a minute and fill in the little comment area there and tell us just something. Uh, I was saved today, or I made Jesus the Lord of my life today, or I've come back to Christ. Uh, if you want to email us from our website, churchoftmrw.com, 
churchoftmrw.com, then we will be glad to contact you, send you some information, some free books and things like that too. We care about you because the church of tomorrow will be like the days when Jesus walked this earth with signs and wonders and most importantly, changed lives. Come see us, 6800 North Bryant, Oklahoma City, U.S. of A. Until next time, Dan Boone signing off. Bye-bye.